You're listening to South Niagara Conversations, a podcast presented by the South Niagara Chambers of Commerce, along with 105.1 The River and 101.1 More FM. Here are your hosts, Dolores Fabiano and Chris Burns. Well, good morning, and thanks to everyone who's joined us for our South Niagara Conversation Series. For those of you who are tuning in from afar, we represent the communities of Fort Erie, Niagara Falls, Port Coburn, Waynefleet, Welland, and Pelham. We're located in Southern Ontario, a wonderful place to live, work, and play. This morning, Chris Burns, uh, owner of 105.1 The River and 101.1 More FM, joins me as co-host. Good morning, Chris. How are you? Good morning, Dolores. It's uh, great to be here. Thank you for having us. Fantastic. I I also want to give a shout out to our sponsor, the Small Business Enterprise Centre, City of Niagara Falls. They're great supporters of our chamber and, of course, of our local business community. Chris, we've been seeing some incredible development happening in all of our municipalities across South Niagara. Of course, with this type of development comes great opportunities, but also some challenges. Over the next couple of months, we wanna speak with the economic development team at each of our municipalities to get a better sense of what's happening. So Chris, let's get to it. Who do we have joining us this morning? Well, Dolores, this morning, it's our pleasure to uh, welcome Bram Cotton, who's the economic development officer for the city of Port Colborne. Bram, uh, to get us started, can you provide us with some general uh, information, a description uh, of the municipality, please? Absolutely. So Dolores and Chris, I'd like to start off by thanking you for having me and thank you for doing this uh, information session for your, uh, for your listeners with the EDOs across Southern, Ni- uh, Southern Niagara. I think this is a great initiative and thank you for having me on today. So. Port Colborne is a is a lakeside city. We have a the Welland Canal running through uh, through our heart. We at our core are a marine industry uh, uh, marine industry town. Uh, we have significant employers such as Valet, uh, Pinties. Um, uh, sorry, I guess it would be called Port Colborne. Um, uh, Port Colborne. Poultry. Well, the name escapes me now. Of course, Port Colborne yeah. Chicken. Uh, Poultry. 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 Yep. Thank, sorry. Port yep. Colburn poultry. Uh, we have Port Colburn quarries. We have heavy industry. We have retail industry. We have um, we are the second fastest growing community in uh, in Niagara uh, in the last through the last census. And our population in this recent census that's just been released is now over 20,000. Who's the first? The fastest growing community in Niagara is Thorold. Got it. Yeah. And they sense. are the fourth in Ontario and eighth largest in the country. Yeah, you just have to drive by to yeah. understand that. <laughs> yeah, I drive by. Uh, I can see Thorold's growth on my way to work uh, every day and home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but we, we're very happy with the managed growth that, we, uh, that we're currently seeing in the city of Port Colburn. Uh, we have had in the past a bit of a, an older population. We're seeing that population skew uh, younger again, which is fantastic with young families. Our affordability to live in the city of Port Colburn is at the top of the list when it comes to, uh, uh, when it comes to Niagara, uh, you can get, um, you can, you can do well when you come to Port Colburn from, uh, from a house perspective and a price perspective. Um, you know, and I encourage anyone, if you're from outside of Niagara, take a look, give Port Colburn a chance. It's, uh, we like to say we're a bit of a gem, a hidden gem. I'm not sure we're hidden anymore, but uh, 
you know, feel free to uh, feel free to check us out. We have a lot to offer. Yeah, you Brian, definitely, I was just going to say you're definitely not a hidden gem anymore. Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> so, so Bram, you know, that's really encouraging information. Where, where are all these people moving from? You know, we're looking at data and seeing uh, a lot of people selling their multi-million dollar homes in Toronto and uh, this work from home uh, uh, idea. You know, have has has Port Colborne benefited from that? It's a bit of a mix. We are seeing people move from other parts of Niagara, uh, looking for that uh, that lake uh, that lakefront lifestyle, uh, small town charm. Um, we are seeing people moving from the GTA and from Toronto, selling their their houses in Toronto and, and buying on the lake and and moving and working from home. Or, um, you know, perhaps it's not necessarily working from home, but going to uh, a business park, um, a shared office space, whether it be in St. Catharines or Welland or or uh, you know, perhaps even uh, Niagara Falls. Um, but we are certainly seeing people, they're moving to Port Colborne for the lifestyle. Uh, and part of our job at economic development, though, is to, we don't want to necessarily be a suburb of St. Catharines or Niagara Falls. We want to be a place where you can work, live and work, live and play. And uh, we are actively working to bring, uh, to uh, further increase uh, our industries and, uh, and our uh, BR&E and, and continue to add uh, opportunities for people so that when they do move here, they don't necessarily have to go other places to work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. And so I'm wondering, just uh, uh, staying with that topic for a bit, um, you know, through the pandemic, a lot of people um, did work from home, are still working from home. What's the broadband situation like in Port Coburn? Are you guys, um, you know, working towards increasing that capacity to ensure that everybody who needs it has it? Because that was a bit of a problem, um, you know, initially for, for not just Port Coburn, but a, a few of our more rural communities here in uh, Niagara. Yeah, I, I think in the in the urban center, I'd say that our, our broadband issues are, are, we have great broadband in our urban centers. As you get into the country, a little bit closer to the lake, you do, you can run into potential problems. We have been working with, um, Oh, the name escapes me. The Rural Broadband Network in uh, across Ontario, they are bringing uh, increasing broadband. The number of grants were handed out by the provincial and federal governments. Um, organizations that are uh, corporations, sorry, that are looking to work in Port Coburn, they have been recipients of those grants. So I think we'll see a, a significant amount of those broadband issues solved over the next eighteen months to two years. Unfortunately, you can't just drop line and everything works. Yeah, there's a lot of work that goes into it, but they are actively working on that. Um, we were very proud to support those and happy to support those companies when they did their applications uh, for the funding to do that. Yeah, it's so important. You don't realize how important it is until until you need it. I, I remember early on in the pandemic, we um, had a number of members who were calling us saying, you know, I'm forced to work from home. I have no internet. I've been driving around town trying to find some free Wi-Fi. Like I'm, I'm losing my mind. And we actually opened up one of our offices and made it available to members so that they could just come in during scheduled times, um, you know, uh, in a safe way so that they could just access emails, get a little bit of work done, and then they go and someone else comes in. So it, um, it was an issue. And so I'm happy you guys are all over that. Uh, it was very thoughtful and proactive of you, Dolores, to do that. <laughs> well, I know. Right. Per, oh, I was going to say, I know personally, it wasn't internet access. It was when the kids were doing online school. My wife was working and I was working online that all of a sudden there was days where or parts of an hour where all of a sudden my internet would just go to pot. And you, 
it, it was very frustrating. You're in the middle of a meeting and all of a sudden they can't hear you. You can't hear them. And meanwhile, you know, the kids, <laughs> the kids are working away. And yeah, it was, it was a very, we've had an interesting couple of years uh, for sure. All of us, I think society in general. So we'll continue to um, continue to work through it. And I do expect that uh, many of our broadband issues uh, in the city of Port Colburn, as I said, it's more in the rural area of Port Colburn. Uh, will continue to uh, to get better uh, over the next little while. That's great, Bram. And on another topic, you know, house affordability is really an issue right across this country. So does the city have a strategy to ensure that people uh, can continue to uh, afford to live uh, in Port Colborne? Yeah, I, I, I think from, from our perspective, we're, we're currently in the middle of a CIP review. Um, a community improvement plan review and of which there will be an affordable housing aspect uh, to it, either in conjunction with the region or in support of the region's program. We are, uh, I believe we have just recently put out an RFP for an affordable housing strategy uh, so that we can, we can work on that. And you're absolutely right. There, there, there's two issues, I'd say, in the city of Port Coburn. There's a lack of rental units and there is a, a lack of a, what we call affordable units. So those are certainly at the top of our mind, and certainly you know, I see development proposals come come across my desk and into the planning and engineering department on a regular basis, and many of them are actively uh, would, as they come online, would address both the rental issue and the affordable uh, housing issue. Is there, um, Bram, I'm just wondering, is there a coordinated effort across the region to tackle this issue? Because it, it, you know, like Chris said, it's it's across the country. It's not going to go away anytime soon. Um, so I'm just wondering if um, you're all working on this together. There, there's long been programs at the region uh, for affordable housing through Niagara Regional Housing and through their CIP program. So I, I think it's it's the awareness of the, those programs is growing. Uh, and I think also the private developers are taking a active interest in, in it now. So for the last number of years, it was, wasn't necessarily on top of their mind, but I think it has become on the top of their mind. And there are actually developers emerging that this is what they concentrate on, is creating affordable housing units. Um, so I think you know, as we as a group of EDOs and, and cities across the region continue to talk, these people's contact information, their, their willingness to work within this area will become more... Um, uh, will be passed along and we'll continue to, I think we'll see the, uh, hopefully see the issue improve. It's not a, it's not a quick fix. There's no okay. quick fix for this issue. Um, my, my father's a retired urban planner and he's told me for the last six, 40 years that this issue was coming and growing. You know, this isn't something that people um, didn't know about. It's just unfortunate that it just wasn't top of mind for, for some government levels in the past, but certainly within Port Colburn, it is a, uh, it is something that we actively have an eye on and are actively uh, working with others to solve. I know that some of the municipalities are getting quite creative with, um, I'm gonna get the name wrong, but it's you know small homes, um, smaller homes and, and building communities. I think Fort Erie actually uh, approved um, a plan around that. Uh, so we'll have to talk to, to Dan and Carly when they're, when they're on uh, Fort Erie, but no plans for anything like that in Fort Colburn at this time. Not that I, not that I've seen necessarily. Uh, though we are open, I know through the, through the planning department, we are open to creative solutions if they're if they're brought forward. Um, you know, 
we certainly they have to act within the, the planning act and they have to act within the official plan and, and all that kind of um, fun stuff. But, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, I think council and uh, and the city would be very open to uh, to create a suggestion such as that. Are you seeing um, a lot of developers from outside of Niagara coming in to to um, build some of the homes and some of the new um, um, developments that we're seeing or is it local people who are who are making the investment? It's a mix of both. I, I, we see locals that uh, have had their property and they want to make changes. They want to make improvements. And we're seeing a number, a number of developers come from Toronto, uh, from the GTA, whether it be Mississauga, Brampton, you know, downtown. And we're starting to see developers coming from further afield as well. Um, that you know, Port Colborne is is getting a name for itself, and uh, and people are attract are attracted to it. I was speaking to a developer the other day. He recently uh, had moved to Port Colborne, said he was a developer from British Columbia. He had bought a house in Port Colborne and his wife was sort of semi-retired. And he said he just loves the community so much that he want, he decided to start uh, doing development and uh, investing in the community because uh, one, he could access some of his, uh, his investors from back in BC, but he just, he was just astounded by what an amazing community was, how friendly everyone was, and just the opportunity that uh, that presented itself. He's just one of a number of people that I've talked to recently that have said similar things. They retired or they bought a cottage here, and all of a sudden it's like, wow, I didn't understand that this community was as amazing as it is, and now they want to be part of it and uh, invest in it. So, you know, for me, that's really encouraging. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess uh, that, that's where, where the opportunities come, but also some of the challenges, because as we get developers from outside of the area, which is great, like it's, it's fantastic, that investment, you always want to make sure, and I know this is always in the forefront of your mind, that the, the spirit of the community, the culture of the community, um, all of the things that make Port Colborne such a great place to live, work and play doesn't change too much. It's a, it's a real balancing act, isn't it? It certainly can be. It's a, it's a bit of a fine line to walk at times. We would like to see uh, progress and and you know, continue along and development, managed development. That's why we call it managed development because mm. it's it's not development and growth for the sake of growth and development. It's you know we're very careful. There's community guidelines. There's guidelines you have to follow in certain areas of the city to develop that keep that local charm, that charm to those areas. There's you know there has been projects that have have gone back and said, ah, this doesn't really fit with, with the, uh, with the community. So here are some recommended changes. You know, that's part of the, the, the process, the planning and the uh, development process that, that goes into it is it's, um, uh, and that's why we always try to work hand in hand with developers so that they understand what our community is about and how do we, uh, how do we make it uh, work together well for the benefit of everyone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just on that point, uh, Bram, you know, since 2020, I, I know the city's been more active in terms of selling land. Um, you know, you're obviously trying to encourage growth. So talk to us a little bit about that strategy and, uh, and what you found to be working well. Yeah, absolutely. So I started in late uh, 2020 and the, pro- the uh, surplus lands uh, project had started. Uh, a number of lands were identified, infill development lands were um, identified and uh, we put them out for, for public sale. Uh, we have a policy that you must move through the planning process within two years. 
If not, then the city can uh, take those properties back. So we don't want people buying the properties, sitting on them, land banking. Uh, we want to see these properties developed. Um, I'd like to increase the taxes. These are underutilized properties. So, for example, an empty lot or perhaps a lot that was uh, had come to the city through a, through a tax sale in the past. Um, and they're, they're sitting there empty. We'd like to see development on them. So they're in residential areas or uh, industrial areas. So we'd like, if it's an industrial area, we want to see industrial development on it. If it's in a residential area, we'd like to see residential on it. You know, it's, it's putting the property to, it's putting the properties to work. It's increasing the tax assessment. It's giving uh, the, uh, if it's industrial, it's jobs. And if it's residential, then it's, it's housing uh, opportunities for folks. So, um, you know, we had, significant success with the uh, the surplus lands sales. Um, it was all it was all public, it was all available. And uh, we had a number of bidders bid on, uh, or buyers, I guess, uh, put in bids for the properties. Uh, we went through a public process and um, sold them. And there's some exciting developments that uh, we're getting, you know, I think December of 2020 will be about, or of 2022 will be about two years. So we should start seeing some of those properties uh, uh, come to life. Um, just recently, we had a, a larger property in a in a what I would call a, a gateway access to the city. Um, we we put it out for RFP. Um, we had a number of great proposals come back to what this property could look like. Uh, we looked at it, council looked at it, and selected it, and selected a. Uh, a winner to purchase the property and and to, with certain uh, design guidelines and uh, you know I'm very excited to I know that they're moving through the process they're working really hard to bring that that property to fruition quickly and I'm uh, very excited I think everyone will be very pleased with how that uh, that uh, that turns out when when it's all said and done do you have an idea for a small business maybe you're trying to grow a business that you've already started Whatever the case, the Niagara Falls Small Business Enterprise Center is a community service that is here to help. Offering entrepreneurs the tools to start and grow their businesses, the Small Business Enterprise Center is your one stop for free business information and advice. Serving Niagara Falls and South Niagara, learn more about how we can help you and your business succeed at niagarafalls.ca slash SBEC. Yeah, one of the things that I, I love, um, and, and you got to tell our listeners about this, I, I'm just going to say waterfront condos. Take it away, Bram. Yeah, there's uh, um, uh, Southport condos are, are rising along the canal on, uh, on, our, on our, we our historic uh, West Street, um, which will be a great addition to the, to the city and to the downtown and to West Street, you know. I believe there's 75 units there. So 100 to 200 new people that'll be living downtown, you know, great for the local businesses, um, you know, get it, they can walk out of their condo, walk to the coffee shop, walk to the restaurants. Like, I think it'd be great for, for business in, in, on our West street. And then the view that they have, my sure. goodness, if you're on the, if you're on the West side, you overlook, basically overlook the Marina and you see Lake Erie. You're on the on the east side. You're going to see the canal and Lake Erie. I I, I can't think of a better spot to uh, to be. And my understanding is many of most of those buyers have come from Niagara. There are other communities. There are other they're in already in Niagara, and they've bought it because it's a 
either downsizing or it's an op- investment opportunity or, you know, just a, you know, a, a great place to be. So I, I believe the, that all the buyers are from uh, Grimsby South um, okay. of it. Now I'm, I'm sure there's been resales and stuff like that, but you know, I, to me, that's outstanding because that's saying Niagara knows Port Colborne and knows that Port Colborne is a great place to come to. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, you know, when we say waterfront, we kind of do it a disservice because you you can't explain the um, experience of looking out your window and seeing a ship, like just <laughs> you know going by and seeing that right in front of you. It is it is spectacular, and and I don't think that uh, people understand what we what we mean by waterfront in Port Coburn. You're you're absolutely right, Dolores. You know, every time I drive to work and a ship is going through the canal, I'm like a 12 year old boy looking at the ship. Like it, it's just it's and I and I think most uh, men are like that. And they see a giant ship and it's just like it's like you go back to when you were a kid and you just I love looking at the ships. I'll be 100 percent honest with you. I stop and, and watch them sometimes on my way home from work uh, mm-hmm. because they truly are really interesting. Um, well, even in the to, to winter, see what they do. I didn't realize the, the big ships that they bring in to break up the ice. Uh, there's a name for them. Um, I'm going to get it wrong, so I won't say it. But but it, it's these big, massive ships that they bring in, and they're brought in to, to just break break up the ice. And like the icebreakers? Icebreakers, yeah. I couldn't think of the name. Icebreakers. <laughs> uh, but it's it's fascinating to watch. Like, it's just... Oh, it is. Right? Yeah. It, very no, cool. it, it, abs- it absolutely is. I can actually just out the corner of my office window when I'm there, I can see just one of the ships that's tied up because there's two or three ships tied up in the canal right now waiting for the, the canal to reopen. And I can always see it. And I always look and, you know, you see, see a little bit of movement on the ship and you, you know, you, you take an extra peek to see what's going on. And yeah, no, I, I find the ships absolutely fascinating. And I, it's a, it's actually a tourist attraction. People come to Port Colburn and Thorold as well to see the ships go through the canals and to see what's, uh, what, uh, what's, what's happening with the ships. So, you know, I find it, uh, it's very, I find it, uh, I find it fascinating to to watch. Yeah, so no, it's, it, it, ahead, it's, it's not only the lake freighters you see there, Bram. It's it, it it's also cruise ships coming in, and yes. uh, you know I, I think a lot of people will be surprised to hear that there are cruise ships calling uh, in, in, in at Port Colborne. So tell us a little bit about that and what the future investment will be to actually grow this uh, section of the market. No, absolutely happy to talk about that. Uh, so Great Lakes Cruising has been going on since, you know, Mark Twain's time. He, he actually did some, uh, some uh, Great Lakes Cruising back in his day. But, um, you know, it, it, it petered off and it came and went. And, and uh, you know, I, I believe we actually have a picture in, in the office of uh, a cruise ship tied up in Port Colburn in the early 1900s. Wow. Um, but I see that. What, yeah, no, I, I, I saw it not that long ago, and it was pretty neat, uh, to be honest with you, to, to think that people used to come from Europe to take cruise ships around uh, around the Great Lakes, but it's happening again. <laughs> that That's, you know, what's old is new again. Mm-hmm. And it's been going on um, for, for, for years. It's just been a little bit under the radar, and there's a real opportunity for growth and an opportunity for Port Colburn to benefit differently from it this time. So... For example, prior to the pandemic, I believe there was 12, um, 12 cruise ships scheduled to stop in Port Colborne. Um, so 
leading into 2022, we have 65 scheduled to stop now. Mm. And Viking Cruises has made an investment to build a ship that would fit through the canal. So they came, they measured, they went over every inch of the canal with the Seaway Corporation, and they made darn sure that their ship was going to fit. And so they're, they've launched two ships now, uh, and they're the largest, they'll be the largest cruise ships on the Great Lakes. Um, they fit just through the canal, uh, and uh, they're very excited. And then there's other companies that are now taking notice of what's happening, and they're preparing for future years as well. So what's happened a lot of the time uh, with cruise ships coming through the canals, they, they've pulled into the, the east side of the canal, um, and quite often... The passengers will get off the ships. They'll... One thing I should say is when you think of cruise ships, don't think of the giant ones going out of Miami and through the Caribbean. These are smaller, more like um, bigger, but but more like riverboat cruise ships in the uh, in Europe. They are larger, but they're they're sort of more in that vein, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so think of it like like that when you're when you think of a cruise ship. It's not the giant. You know, ones you see on uh, being advertised on TV for Disney and things like that. Um, with that said, you know, you want to you want to cruise on the Great Lakes. You have to stop in Port Colborne because if you're going from Lake Ontario to Lake Erie, you're either way, you're stopping in Port Colborne. So there, there will be there will be ships that will start in Toronto and they'll end in Milwaukee and they'll stop in Port Colborne on both ways. You know, um, these are folks that are. Uh, pay a significant amount of money to take the cruise ships. They fly in from Europe. They fly in from the United States. You know, there are Canadians, don't get me wrong, but it's uh, it's a destination. It's a, it's a very interesting, uh, I've, I've learned a lot about it in the last year and a half. It's a very interesting market. Um, and, and so, as I was saying before, um, traditionally they stopped on the east side of the canal. They've gotten off, they've gone into tour buses, they've gone to Niagara-on-the-Lake, they've gone to the falls, which is great. It's fantastic. But we haven't had necessarily the opportunity to capture much of their business in Port Colburn. Um, so by moving the docking from the east side to the west side, they'll be docking and they'll be mere steps away from our historic west, west street. They will be, uh, there's an opportunity for them to, you know, go to the museum, go to Roselawn, you know, create packages for them to do things in, in Port Colborne. And this isn't about taking business away from other parts of Niagara. It's about growing the overall spend in Niagara. So, you know, you can still absolutely go to the, go to the falls, but because you're on the West side for those two hours, you can whip up, a, you can whip up into West street or to the, to the museum to experience the wonderful, the, the, um, the, the historic museum that we have. I don't know if you've been to our museum in Port Colburn, but you know, the, the log cabins and the, um, uh, the, uh, there's a, 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 like a strawberry tea or a strawberry lunch. Like there's all kinds of wonderful things that are happen at the museum. So those opportunities are going to be there for people to experience Port Colburn and then op- additional Please. packages. And West street, great shopping, great food, great shopping, great restaurants. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, further afield, we believe there's going to be con- opportunities for us to connect the wineries to the ships so that, you know, mm. they need to restock with wine, drop off some wine. You right. want, you want Lake Erie, Lake Erie fish. We have, we have, uh, we have fish for you. Like there, but, there's but that type of those fish. further connections. Right. It's not just fish. It's you walk up to a stand 
yes. a building that has an open window and you, what, what is it that they're serving? They're serving- um, Perch, um, I believe. Okay. And you get it wrapped up in paper and you sit on a bench and you watch the ships and you're eating your piping hot fish that, that they just probably catch <laughs> for you. It is incredible. It is incredible. And an opportunity for our local farmers to sell them fresh produce and fresh, uh, you know, fresh produce to take on the ship as they go either east, as they go south or as they go north, whichever way it is that they need. Right. So, you know, we are making an investment in our uh, industrial area at the end of West Street that will um, create what we're calling a waterfront center. So it's not just it won't just be for the cruise ships and the cruise passengers. It's going to be a multi-use center that. Um, is going to be opening up the waterfront or further waterfront to our citizens. Um, it's a, it's a, a facility that can be used for, for many different functions. Um, and the cruise, the cruise ships are an important part of it, um, but they're not all of it. Um, this is a way for us to, as I said, to, to open up our water, further open up our waterfront for our citizens to benefit. Mm-hmm. So another maritime type question for you, Bram, if I may. You know, one of the things I think Port Colburn is famous for right across Canada and beyond, uh, you know, are, are your canal days. And, uh, you know, I've experienced them myself personally, and it's, uh, it's just a great event. Sadly, because of COVID, it hasn't happened, uh, you know, for the last couple of years. So is it going to be back and when? Yeah, so planning is back for, 20, for uh, a regular time slot in uh, 2022. Um, you know, fingers crossed, all the uh, public health stuff uh, doesn't, doesn't change, we, but we are actively planning for it and we're excited to bring it back. And Chris, if you don't mind, I'd also like to bring up our beaches. Port Coburn has absolutely fantastic beaches. You know, we have Nickel Beach, we have Cedar Bay Beach. We have wonderful beaches. Um, for Port Coburn residents with a participate pass, um, there is no cost to use our beaches. Uh, for people from outside of uh, from Port Coburn or outside of Niagara, uh, you can go on portcoburn.ca under recreation and beaches and uh, book your uh, book your spot on the beach. Um, and we've had wonderful uh, visitation from um, from from people over the last two years to use our beaches in the summertime. Uh, you know, definitely coming down from Toronto for the day or multiple days, um, talking to some West Street uh, businesses and restaurants, they see a noticeable pickup of people coming from the beach to the restaurants. So, you know, we're very proud of our beaches. We take good care of our beaches. There's been some amenity developments, um, uh, some new amenities added to the, to, the, to the beaches and we're continuing to work to improve them. But uh, I encourage anyone, if you're looking for a day out on the beach in the summertime, give poor Colburn a a look and come visit us because uh, you won't find better be- many better beaches in, in Ontario than ours. Well, I don't think people understand that we are the South Coast, right? Yes. Um, and so we have Fort Erie and, and Port Coburn and Waynefleet um, who have spectacular beaches. We, it is the South Coast. Do you want to talk about the South Coast Association and what they're doing? And because and, um, I don't think people, even in Niagara, understand no, you're very, you're right, Dolores. Uh, so the South Coast uh, Tourism Association was developed a number of years ago um, to help promote the southern coast uh, municipalities, Lake Erie, Port Colburn, Welland, and Waynefleet. Um, and my my colleague Greg Higginbotham is doing an excellent job uh, shepherding and steer, steering that uh, organization right now. Um, and I would 
highly recommend you having him on uh, on your podcast to talk about it in the future as well. But we um, you know, if, if you're to go online and under South Coast and, and look up South Coast, you'd be amazed at what we have in South Niagara. Um, nothing against the the falls because I you know everyone wants to go to the falls, but there's so much further afield uh, in, in Niagara. And if you're looking for outdoor life. Uh, outdoor lifestyle, things to do, water access. I mean, it doesn't get much better than Fort Erie, Port Colborne, and Waynefleet. And I'll also throw it out to Welland because Welland has wonderful water access through the canal and uh, through the, uh, through the, oh, I can't believe what the name just escaped me, through the, uh, the water, the um, recreational canal water. corporation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and people can actually, I mean, you say the South Coast, but people really don't make the connection. You, you can ride a horse along the beaches. <laughs> right along the yeah, side. absolutely it's it's everything that you go away for that we have right here, right here. that you can enjoy so i i needed to get that in there because i i love the south coast and i was actually a, found, a founding member of that association way yeah, back way back no I, I, remember, I, I remember that law i remember the launch to be honest with you yeah yeah uh, different life but i remember the launch for sure the other thing, actually, of Nickel Beach, which is really unique, is the fact you can drive your car on Nickel Beach. It's one of only two beaches in Ontario, I believe, or maybe it might even be the last one that you can actually yeah. drive your car on the beach uh, and sort of set up for the day. So yeah. it's um, it's a it's a really if you're looking for beach. I grew up in Barrie, and Barrie always had great beaches uh, in Com- along Comfort Bay. But I'll tell you, the beaches down here, they 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 are as good or better. Than, than anything you'll see up uh, up north. So if you're looking for a day out in the summertime, don't hesitate to uh, to go online or colburn.ca under recreation beaches and uh, and book your spot. But book them quick because they, they fill up very, very fast. I remember as a kid, uh, my dad taking us, the three of us to the beach when my mom was, was working. And I remember one time, um, you know, the windows are rolled down because it's hot and we're we're playing on the beach and a dog came running, jumped into the car, grabbed my dad's shirt, I think, and took off. We never saw the dog or the shirt ever again. <laughs> I think I was like four or five years old, but that memory is so vivid. <laughs> Great experience. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, Bram, you know, thanks so much uh, for joining us today. It's uh, it's been really uh, insightful to hear all the great things, uh, you know, that's happening in, in in Port Colborne, and it's it's just uh, you know tremendous to get a sense of just the growth and uh, and the community spirit. Um, definitely, lots of exciting things happening, uh, and and so we really appreciate you being here today, Dolores. Uh, what's planned for next week? Yeah. Well, next week, we're going to welcome Andrew Billows, who will actually be my co-host. He's a seasoned professional in the world of radio. Leanne Cressman, a superstar in the world of print media. And Mike Cressman, our local media guru, who works not only with radio and print, but also digital media. There's lots of places for businesses to spend their money to promote themselves. But where is the best bang for their buck? We'll find out. To all of our listeners, send us the topics that you're talking about, because we want to talk about them, too. Thanks again for tuning in and have yourselves a great day.